1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. Brought to you by Screen X, exclusively at Market Ridge Cinema in New Berlin. Screen X provides moviegoers with a 270-degree viewing experience. Immerse yourself in the breathtaking visuals at Marcus Ridge Cinema's Screen X in New Berlin. Get your tickets at MarcusTheaters.com. You have tuned in for one of the real highlights of the show. Yeah, you sat through all that other stuff. Now the good all week long. Right. Now the good stuff. <laughs> it's time to talk music news with Gary Graff, our music expert. Good morning, Gary. How are you? I'm blah blushing after that intro. Well, don't. Every word is true and from the heart. Well, of course. <laughs> it's appreciated, nevertheless. It's the Christmas season. I'm just excited. Carrie doesn't it's, like it. Carrie is. It's Hanukkah. We're uh, it's, yeah. yeah we just night we two. As, as the kids say, we're firing them up. Yeah. Firing them up. I like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> First one last night. By the time we get to eight, it's going to be pretty crazy. When do yeah. you light number two? Two is tonight. Tonight is sundown. It's sundown. You hit two. All right. Yeah. Fire it up. And it just goes from there. That's all it. right. Uh, speaking of Christmas and Hanukkah and all the other celebrations that are going on, Brenda Lee released Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree in 1958. Yep. 65 years ago. 65. 64. Okay. 64 years ago. And it finally hit number one this week. Yep, and nobody knows quite why. <laughs> but but more power more power to her. It, bro- it broke a bunch of records, including the longest gap uh, between an artist's first and most recent week and number one. That's sixty three weeks for her. And uh, but you know, and it broke several records held by Mariah Carey. And all I want for Christmas, Mariah responded by sending Brenda Lee sending flowers and congratulations and. You know, treating it, treating it with some class. No one can explain this. There's, it's not in some movie. Oh, it's, it's in a lot something. of. It's in movies. It's in commercials and stuff. Sure. But somehow yeah. it just. It gets played every Christmas and it season. And it wasn't a. You know, it wasn't part of a campaign like we've talked about the ACDC and the uh, Which we'll Rage get Against the Machine. Right. Yeah, right. but the Rage Against the Machine campaigns that have gone on in England. Uh, this feels like it was very organic. So, what does this mean to her? Well, does oh, she see uh, a royalty check come rolling in, or anything like you know, that? Maybe or is some that... perform some performance royalties. I do not believe she wrote the song, right? Because uh, that's owned by some corporation somewhere who acquired it when they bought uh, a whole when they bought lot something. Of, right. When they bought something from somebody who bought something who yeah acquired it from somebody who and bought went, something, right? And then they looked and they said, "Hey, you know what's in this in this bunch of songs we bought? Rocking around the Christmas tree is yeah. in here, like Paul McCartney owns on with." Wisconsin yet, I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and a bunch of fight songs. Yeah. So, Brenda Lee, top of the charts after 64 years. Yeah, it's the longest great... period of time between being released and hitting number one, right? Ever on the Billboard Correct. charts? Correct. Okay. And like we said, the longest the longest gap between uh, number one hits. And you know who did write it? I don't. Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis. Yep. Get out of here. Well, don't get out of here. <laughs> no, I'll stay. I'll stay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, but Johnny Johnny Mathis wrote it, and Owen Bradley produced it for those. You know, I'm as, I'm as blown away by that as Paul Anka. Not, I knew everybody knows he wrote the Tonight's Show theme for Johnny uh-huh. Carson, and he got a royalty every night when that was played for years. But he also wrote um, You Won't Matter Anymore. For yep. Linda Ron, uh, and Linda Ronstadt recorded it. That's right. a Paul Anka song. 
Right. I just when whenever I hear that song, I go. Paul Anka wrote that song. Yeah, no, Paul Anka was a you know songwriter, really first and foremost, who kind of kind of became a, a performer. You know, similar not not dissimilar to Carol King and the way the way her career right. formed. Okay, speaking of uh, Christmas songs and camp, this song definitely had a campaign. ACDC. Well, it started with a campaign. So the same the same fans who tried to make Highway to Hell. Uh, number one in England back in 2013. And again, to get all love actually on you here, you know, that's the Christmas number one is a big deal in the UK. So they have, this year they were campaigning to have Thunderstruck be the, be the Christmas number one because it's hitting, that song's hitting its, I believe, 40th anniversary, uh, coming up. So they thought, you know, what a cool, what a cool little goof. Uh, to have ACDC and Thunderstruck be the holiday number one. But they're now backing off that campaign. Uh, this is an organized thing, and apparently after a vote of three different ACDC fan groups, they've decided to push back the campaign to make Thunderstruck number one in the U.K. to after Christmas to make way for other Christmas songs, and particularly, uh, you know, one by the Pogues, you know, in the wake of uh, Shane McGowan's passing. Uh, last week, they they're hoping that Fairy Tale of New York, which is a Pogues winter slash holiday slash Christmas song, might get to number one. So they're backing off. The ACDC folks are backing off. So they're, they're shifting their support. They're shifting their support, and then they're pushing for Thunderstruck to be number one on uh, for the January fifth chart. Well, this is a really hmm. coordinated effort. Holy uh, very cow! Much really. Very much so. So it, it must be a big deal for them over there. To oh, make yeah, the Christmas number one in right. England is a huge, huge, huge deal. To make sure that this happens. Uh, speaking of uh, Christmas and the holidays, New Year's Rock and Eve, do we have updates on that? We do have some updates on, on New Year's Rock and Eve. We have a list of performers for the Los Angeles, um, you know, part of the show, uh, which, which has become, in terms of performances, has become the biggest. Uh, the biggest part of the show. So we're going to have Green Day, Aqua, you know, the Barbie Girl folks, Janelle Monet, Ellie Golding, Now Rogers and Chic, Ludacris, uh, Renee Rapp, BB uh, Rexa are all, and 30 Seconds to Mars are all set to perform in Los Angeles. Well, of course, Ryan Seacrest will be hosting live in New York City. The LA performances are all taped in advance. I think the first New Year's Rock and Eve I ever watched with Dick Clark, at least if I'm remembering correctly, it was Three Dog Night and Helen Reddy. That sounds about right. Nineteen eighty. <laughs> yeah, no, it was well, well before that, I think. I think it was about nineteen seventy one. Something like that. Something but like but that. yeah, no, that that would sound about right. And for, I think it was on it. the Queen Mary. It was for a while. Yeah, and then they. Right. So I'm not well, making this up in my head. Some of it was on the head. Queen Mary, and then you know Dick, Dick Clark was always in New York with the ball. Right. So anyway, so, so yeah. is it getting better? I mean, Three Dog Night and Helen Reddy, 1970 or 71, compared to this lineup that we have this year. Well, you was, know, I mean, you know, is Ellie Golding this year's Helen Reddy? I don't know. You know, is Green Day this year's Three Dog Night? <laughs> you know, back. <laughs> they've always done a good. They've always done a good job of, on that show of. Having bona fide headline talent, whether you like them or not, of the people yeah. who are watching this and the, the 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 audience that these bands and people will will attract, how many of them even know who Dick Clark is anymore? Um, oh, I think a fair few, you know, and they do a pretty good job of reminding people during the show. 
So, you know, there's still, you know, because the young people are all out partying. Like if you know, I if I walked TV. through the crowd at, at New Year's Rock and even I, and I said, what was what did Dick Clark used to affectionately be called by by his fans and writers? Oh, I don't think people would know that. That he was I America's mean, oldest teenager. Right. But, yeah. I think, but I think people would still know who, I think, I think more than half would still know who Dick Clark okay. is. Right. What or year what? will it be when no one knows who Ryan Seacrest is? <laughs> Not in our lifetime, I'm afraid. Yeah, Not in our lifetime, yeah. I'm afraid. Because he's taken over uh, Wheel of Fortune, too. Right. You know, he's done yeah. the talk show with Kelly. He's done the game show. countdown reality shows. Yeah. He's done, you know. He's, he's he, made himself, he, he's basically made himself the new Dick Clark. Yes. Yes, he has. Yeah. Yes. Very nicely, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it yeah, started been, out with Dunkelman on American Idol. Idol they split right. the yeah. duties. Co-host. Yeah. Yep. Dunkelman. Who? Yeah. Gone. Right. When I said, how many people going, Ryan who's Seacrest Dunk? everywhere. Yeah. Who's Dunkelman? And that, right. Yeah. He's, you know, one one has ascended, one has, has not. Hey, the KISS tour came to an end this week. Last what? Last Saturday night? Last Saturday paper? night in yeah. New York. Uh, it was a pay-per-view, which, by the way, is available via ppv.com through January 1st. So if you missed it, you can still okay. you can still catch up to it. And it was a kiss show. Uh, the big news at at the end, the big surprise. Big reveal. The, the reveal was there is now going to be an avatar kiss. Um, George Lucas and his company are involved in this, you know, in, in creating the, I guess if we call it the illusion, <laughs> uh, the avatars. This is just like what ABBA did. In in London, and Kiss says they're going to put this on tour on the road. You you'll be able to see, you know, Kiss as avatars with even more superpowers, and you can see them in the flesh. Well, this has gotten a surprisingly negative reaction. Yeah, um, you know, you had Eddie Trunk uh, slamming at it. You had a lot of people on Facebook. Uh, a lot of the Kiss army are not particularly uh, happy about this. I think a lot of this was the timing. I don't think they should have rolled it out at the very end of the farewell concert. They should <laughs> they should have let that sit for a minute, yeah. you know, and kind of revel in the glory of it. And you know that we did that we did this great farewell tour, you know, that lasted whatever it was four or five years and crisscrossed the globe, and we brought the career to a glorious end. And then sometime in the new year, roll out the avatars. But they did it boom right at the end, and I think that left. Uh, that left a lot of even the, the the most dedicated fans with kind of a bad taste in their mouth, um, you know. So we'll see where this goes. I've you know I've not seen I've only seen video of the ABBA show, which I don't think you know gives you a real sense of what it's all about. But the ABBA show got great reviews and di- and did great business. But I think that's a different kettle of fish, as they say, because ABBA hadn't been around for so many years as a performing act. That's a different sort of show. Good point. But, yeah. you know, Abba had been, you know, not yeah. performing anywhere. And there's, hey, you want to see Abba or the back? No, there's right, an yeah, avatar. Well, well you, that's interesting. Let's go see it. Yeah. How a about lot of Abba people, the game? A lot, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But a lot of people, you know, had never seen them where Kiss, you know, we just saw them last week. And so there isn't that kind of demand necessarily. For something you haven't seen in a long time, yeah, but they we'll didn't, see. didn't uh, let any time for some hunger to set in. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But yeah. they did. Were they, they also, on they, stage with their avatars? 
No. Okay. No, that would have done that. Have please welcome our avatars and have them come walking out and stand right, next and, to them and do the like. Yeah. yeah. No, they didn't do it that I way. I am Gene you, Simmons. But I do it if there's another dollar to be sucked up from <laughs> uh, that <yeah>. deal. <laughs> Gene has no, never we'll, shied away from that. No, ever. I'm, I'm no. very happy for ever. Gene here's a. I, I just want to roll these up into here's who had a good week, and it's Taylor Swift, Beyonce, and Dolly Parton all had a good week. They did. They did. Uh, Taylor Swift, Time Woman of the Year. Uh, more records, you know, Spotify, leading artists of the year. Um, you know, so many, Every everything's continuing to go. The 1989. Things, things with her and Travis are fine. She was Those in Green Bay Sunday night. Blah, yeah, she was. Blah. She was. So. Look, 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 what, look what that did for the Packers. Yeah, didn't do anything for the Chiefs. <laughs> no, I was going to yeah. say that. I think, I, think it's, I think it's the Packers who want to have her at the games every son, every uh-huh. week now. And then we go from Taylor Swift killing it at the box office to Beyonce killing it at the box yeah, office. Yeah, she had, a, she had a, a very good and apparently better than expected. I really didn't keep track of this. but So she did $21 million out of the box um, on, on her concert film, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, uh, another $6.4 million. Overseas, but you know, for perspective, uh, the Taylor Swift The Eras Tour did 92.8 million its opening weekend. So it was good. I mean, it led certainly led the box office. The Beyonce film led the week's box office. But you know, it's not it's not in any way going to catch uh, Taylor's you know Taylor's movie. When are other bands going to catch on and go? Let's film this. Well, they have been they have been doing this. There were make, a lot of there were a lot of concert films out this year. I know uh, Kendrick Lamar was one that just comes to mind, but I know there were quite a few this year. And of course, Talking Heads brought "Stop Making Sense" back, you know, into theaters and IMAX for that matter. Talking Heads was so far ahead of everybody else yeah. with that show. Yeah, they knew, but you know, you will you will without a doubt. You know, Metallica did a weekend. They did one of their weekends in the theaters as well as on stage so no and and listen it's music that's rescuing cinema now that's rescuing movie theaters now because people aren't going to see movies in theaters like they used to we're tired of the marvels (laughs) yeah you know the marvel series you know series seems to be tapped out there it's just the expense of going to a movie it's just not bringing people whereas with these music films um, you know, not only is there great demand to see the performers, but the theaters have been smart enough to let the audiences treat them like concerts. So if you went to the Eras Tour or this Beyonce film or even the Talking Heads movie, people were dancing in the aisles and, and having a party. In the, and it wasn't just sit down and eat your popcorn. They were experiences. And that's really become a, become a, a welcome new wrinkle for the movie industry and 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 I think for the music industry and bringing up the rear Dolly Parton she's the third in this uh, trio she is uh, Dolly is a is a bona fide rock star now she you know she got into the rock and roll hall of fame she released made a rock and roll album called Rockstar 31 count them 31 tracks all stars it's easier to name who isn't on this album than who mm-hmm. is uh, but just a ton of and she got her highest Billboard chart debut ever number three on the top 200 it sold i think it was 128,000 uh first week copies in all formats you know download download and physical all right we can slam these together too sammy hagar clarifies david lee roth's role in this upcoming year's tour and david lee roth uh, releases what his version of jump A, a new a new version of jump you know he re-recorded a bunch of van halen songs on his own and with his own band so 
this is back in May of 2022. I think it was, what was it, 14 songs that he re-recorded in all. And I put the latest one out, which is Jump. He's been rolling them out periodically, uh, did it with his own band. So, you know, that's out there. And then, of course, he had said he had responded to Sammy Hagar's invitation to appear on Sammy's tour next summer with with the message, let's do it. Okay. So Sammy's message now is not too fast. That was not an, and Sammy clarified that this was not an invitation to join the tour. It was an invitation to make a guest appearance and maybe sing a song or two. One time. Three. One song. Yep. He said a song or two or three, if you can remember the lyrics. Oh boy! Um, so that sounds and, like and, kind know, of an Sam, invitation. Sammy said, "You know, he said there's no effing way that he would have him on on a Roth on tour with him. They did it before, and you know, Sammy even said, did it, been there. You know, it was not a pleasant experience, and he doesn't want to attempt to relive that. But he'd be happy to have uh, David join him for a song or two or three, like in you're... like in Jaws. I'm not going through that hell again." Exactly. Yeah, that exactly. was Jaws, too. So, so. so we'll see where this leads now. But, you know, I mean, people are kind of calling Sammy out. That, well, dude, you know, when you were on, when, you know, when you issued that invitation, it sure sounded like an invitation to be on tour. I um, thought it was. But you yeah. know what? If Sam doesn't want him along, that's fine. Uh, it's Sam's tour. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll see. I okay, mean, uh, quickly, two other things. Denny Lane passed away this week. Yeah, that was sad, Denny Lane, who, of course, was a founding member of the Moody Blues. Of course, he was gone by the time they, they recorded Nights in White Satin and then went on to be a founding uh, member of Paul McCartney and Wings and the only one who was with Paul and Linda the, the entire time. Uh, went, on to, went on to his own solo career. Uh, really well-loved and very, and very accomplished, and he passed away this week after, after a lot of health issues. He was 79. Uh, and finally, everybody loves a good lawsuit, right? And oh, sure. Hall and Oates seem to have come out of the gate. Oh my hot, goodness! Oh hot, my goodness! Right? This, is, yeah, this, this seems of, ugly from the get-go, and came, kind of came out of nowhere. And of course, was very mysterious because initially, the, it was it was a sealed lawsuit in Nashville. Uh, it is, parts of it were were unsealed, and basically, what it's about is Hall and Oates have already sold a portion of their rights you know, to Primary Wave, which is one of the big players in that market. Now, apparently, John Oates wants to sell the rest of his part of Whole Oats, which is their company. One is, you know, wants, he wants to sell that off. Daryl Hall is, is throwing the yellow flag, saying, you can't buy our partnership agreement. You can't do that without me checking off on it. You know, Daryl Hall's side saying he was blindsided by this and hurt and all of that. John Oates' side saying, no, we told him we wanted to do this. Where do you think the lawsuit came from? So, hmm. you know, basically a judge has to look at the contract, you know, look at what the partnership agreement is, and decide whether John Oates is allowed to unilaterally sell his share and, you know, and you know, take the money and run, as it were. And Daryl Hall would still have his share. Daryl Hall has expressed regret at having sold any portion of it, uh, but you know they did. They did a few years ago. So now, now it's a matter of you know can John Oates legally do it or not? But you know, people, you know, and both of them had kind of talked about the nature 
of their partnership that it wasn't really a friendship or even a creative partnership anymore. <laughs> it was never more like a business that guy. partnership. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think people, <laughs> I think fans still, doing... still had the, or wanted to have the illusion that they, they were at least friendly partners. <laughs> And now that does not appear to be the yeah. case at all. They had all. such fun, upbeat songs. You make my dreams come true. Oh, yeah. Kiss on, kiss on my lips. Yeah. I mean, uh, Rich Girl, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, Rich Girl, Rich Girl's not. It's upbeat. It's not. Lyrically, it's not. But, True. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, so this will, you know, this will be pretty straightforward, I think. You know, it's basically a a decision on a on a contractual issue. But it does lay bare you know, just just how fragile that particular partnership may be. Yeah, well, but you know what? We'll see. We'll see them playing together again, just like you know, Journey just announced yet another tour for next summer, and those guys were in court with each other. You know, while they, they were on tour, they were on stage with each well, other. They were on stage with each yeah. other by night and in court in court by the day, and probably shaking hands at, at the big gross they had at that night's show. So don't be surprised if you see Hall and Oates out there together again next year. How many total members of Journey? All together? Yeah, All over. Together. I think it's like 16 or something over the years, depending mm-hmm. on, you know, if you if you count the one, the, the singer before Steve Perry, who never really recorded anything or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. How many in Kiss all totaled? All totaled. That was, what that come out to? About nine or so. Okay. Over yeah. the, that stuff always amazes me. You know, buying your way into a band or Buy, selling your yeah. shares in a band. Oh yeah, yeah. All I always right. thought, and we talked about it here before. Yes, did it right. When you were in, yes, you were part of yes. When you left, you gave up your ownership. Right. You took nothing with you. Exactly. Right. That got hand. That got handed to the next guy, or your shares got divided up among. The remaining right, members. Yeah, very, call it yes or don't it always call it. it always felt very clean and we've never there's at least never been public lawsuits. All right, band. we're out of time, Gary. All right, Thanks, you Gary. guys have a great week. All you right, too. talk to you next week. All right, get All number right. two lit up tonight. We'll talk uh, to you next you, week. You got it, <laughs> Gary Graff, our music guy.